the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. It is recorded in the book of John that Jesus once said, If he is lifted up, he will draw all people unto himself. Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension are all linked to this glorious exaltation, and it is a call made to the entire world. No class, social status, race, or gender is excluded from this declaration. That is why we lift up the name of Jesus on this program every day. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message. We're preaching through the Beatitudes. There are eight of them. And today we're looking at number four. This Beatitude uh, has to do with hungering and thirsting for the things of God. Well, there's a man named Christian Herter. He was the 59th, the 59th governor of the state of Massachusetts. And he was running for his second term. He'd already served one term. And he was campaigning, and he was scheduled uh, to speak at a church. And they were having a potluck, and he was famished. He hadn't eaten all day. So he got in line for the food, and a woman put a piece of chicken on his plate. And he said, ma'am, if you don't mind, I, I'm really, really hungry. Is there any way you could give me a, another piece of chicken? She said, no, there's only one piece per person. He said, ma'am, do you know who I am? I, I, I am the governor of this state. I'd love to have just a second piece of chicken if that's okay. She said, Governor, do you know who I am? He said, No, I don't have any idea who you are. She said, I'm the woman who gives out chicken. Now move along. <laughs> Our text today, Beatitude number four, has to do with something that all of us enjoy doing. We all enjoy eating and drinking. And as we saw in the first three Beatitudes, and what we'll see today in this fourth Beatitude, Jesus, as He teaches, He turns our way of thinking upside down as He introduces a new kingdom and new guidelines and a new way of life. If I were to ask you here today, how many of you have ever been hungry or thirsty? All of us would raise our hands. Hunger and thirst are God's warning system that He put within our bodies. Just like you have a little red light in your car when it goes off, it's a warning light. That, that feeling of being hungry or thirsty, God put that feeling in you. Now, how many of you, that alarm goes off way too often? You're just always hungry. There's another alarm in there for thirst that goes ding, 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 ding. It is time for some H2O. See, God was the one that created these bodies and although on the outside you're all different, or I should say we're all a little unique, but on the inside, all of us are the same in that we all need physical nourishment and we all need water. I don't know if you, I think you know this, 
that the body is three-fourths water. It's, it's amazing to think about that this body, I, I feel like it's three-fourths fat, if you know what I'm talking about, but it's three-fourths uh, water, and by the time you're 70 years of age, you will have needed one and a half million gallons of water to go through your, your body in order for you to be here. If you have 2% less, of what's required, your energy level decreases by 20%. If you have 10% less of what's required, you're unable to walk. If you have 20% less of what's required, you die. Most of us know without proper food and water, our bodies will shut down. And likewise, our spiritual bodies, our spiritual lives will shut down if we don't have spiritual food and spiritual hydration i want you to look in your bibles at matthew chapter 5 we're going through the beatitudes and again there's eight of them and if you've been with us so far one of the points i'm trying to emphasize throughout this study is that these eight beatitudes are stepping stones that you're on the first one you move to the second then you get to the second you get to the third you can't be on the third beatitude unless you've stepped on the first stepping stone and the second stepping stone So what is that first stepping stone? Because you can't even get to the fourth until you've been on the first. And the first is to be poor in spirit. Matthew chapter 5, verse uh, 3. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. What does that mean? That means that you are someone who recognizes that you are nothing without God, that God is everything. And uh, to be poor in spirit, it's a word that means to beg. And so you cry out every moment of every day saying god i need you without you i am nothing that's stepping stone number one if you want to be in the kingdom of god you've got to get on that stepping stone then you jump over to the second stepping stone which you begin to mourn once you realize uh the relationship with you and god and what god is like and what you're like you begin to mourn that's the step you don't get here unless you've been over there but once you get over here you begin to mourning and you cry out over over your own moral failures because you realize that without God that you're nothing and you're lost. And if you're honest and you're truth, truthful and you mourn, you're broken over your shortcomings, God will comfort you. He'll redeem you. He'll restore you. He'll forgive you if you're honest with Him. And then the, the next stepping stone, which we talked about last week, was was being meek but once you get to the point where you become a meek person which is power it's not weakness it's power under control and we talked about how there's an inward factor of humility but there's an outward factor in meekness of being gentle in dealing with all the people that you deal with even in a tumultuous a world that we live in you're a you're a humble person and you're a gentle person and there's an element, we, we talked about this last week, of serving. You serve those around. You're not going to do any of this until you've been on those first two stepping stones. But after you begin to serve those around you and you, you honor others above yourself, then we get to today's sermon, the fourth stepping stone. And what is it? Blessed are those, verse 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be what? They will be filled. Now this fourth beatitude, I've got three major points. Write this down. This is speaking of a, what I call a driving, a driving pursuit. 
hungering and thirsting speaks of a very strong desire, an ambition, if you will, a driving pursuit. The analogy that Jesus uses is such a powerful metaphor for all of us have felt hunger pains. In fact, if you're truthful, you feel that every single day. I mean, some of you, if you miss one meal, you're like, oh, I'm not going to make it unless I can get some food. It's a, it's a hunger. You feel it every day. And our thirst, we feel that every day where our mouths get dry and we crave just for a, a cool glass of, of water to quench my thirst on a hot day like today. And in that same way, he uses this analogy. Jesus is saying we should have that same intense feeling of hunger, this intense drive and pursuit, not for physical things, but for spiritual things. i got a couple things under here at this point. I want you to write this down. First of all, the devil will always tempt you physically to defeat you spiritually. We see that in and out of Scripture. I go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 where uh, Satan dangled that little apple. Uh, we don't know for sure it was an apple. We, we, we just consider it to be an apple. Some kind of fruit. Oh, it was bright and it was shiny and it looked good and it smelled good. And he dangled that right in front of Adam and Eve. Why would he do that? Well, he's trying to tempt Adam and Eve and to get them to take their eyes off of God. He was wanting to break their relationship with God. He was trying to get them uh, uh, down a path that would dishonor God. So he dangles that physical fruit to defeat them spiritually. Satan always does that. It might be a beautiful woman. It might be a luxurious looking car. It might be just a big old pile of money that he tries to lure us and get us to lust and to pursue in order that he would lead us away from God. And we've all had these situations of, uh, or know of someone who's gone through physical abuse or sexual abuse or substance abuse or alcohol abuse. And he tries to get us living underneath bondage and underneath addiction. So we're caught up in the things of this world as opposed to being focused in on God. Peter in Matthew chapter 14 was with Jesus. I mean, they were, he was actually out there walking on the water with Jesus until he started to see the storm. He took his eyes off of Jesus and he started to look at the rain and the, and the, and the clouds and the, and the thunderbolts. And it was all of the, the storm that, that led Peter to fall that day because he took his eyes off of Jesus. And the devil will do the exact same thing for every single person in this room. He's going to dangle something right in front of your eyes. Why is he doing that? He's trying to get you caught up in the things of this world to defeat you spiritually. And one of the best ways you can measure how successful he is in your life is by measuring your appetite. I want you to write this down. The first symptom of sickness is lack of appetite. Man, when you're sick, you just don't, you just, just, just naturally use your, your appetite. I got sick there in the end of July. I was in bed for about 10 days. And I, I just didn't eat. I couldn't eat. I didn't want to eat. 
And my wife, she knew I hadn't been eating. So she kept fixing me these delicious meals, my favorites. I can't do anything if I don't have breakfast. I'm a, how many of you are breakfast? You've got to have breakfast. Raise your hand. Normal people. And how many of you people don't eat breakfast? You're not a breakfast person. You just don't eat breakfast. You are strange. <laughs> breakfast is the most important meal. So she would bring in this big plate. I'm telling you, she'd bring in this huge plate, scrambled eggs. It'd have Tabasco sauce and potatoes and bacon. Someone needs to invent a perfume that smells like bacon. You ladies, just put that on there, and that man will be all over you. <laughs> Guys, am I right? They put that stuff on. I don't, want, I don't like that stuff. Put some bacon perfume on. My wife would fix that plate. She'd bring it in and bless her heart. She's trying to care for me. I would take one bite. I felt obligated. I'd take one bite of egg, put it in my mouth. And I said, honey, I'm just sorry. I just, I just can't eat. And it was, a, it was a symptom that I was really, really sick because I like to eat, amen? And in that exact same way, spiritually, you can check yourself by seeing what your appetite is like for the things of God. So a healthy believer, someone who's on track spiritually, they can't wait to get to church. They can't wait to open up their Bibles. They want to have a time of meditation. They want to pray. They want to take communion. They want to gather together like this. They're out there when the doors open. Open these doors. I want to get in there. There are people who come and they worship God with all of their heart. It's, it's the appetite. You can, you can tell. Likewise, an unhealthy believer, an unhealthy Christian, they just kind of, I don't need to go to church. Why do I need to go to church? And I know, I'm preach, I know I'm preaching to the choir. When I'm talking to people online. I don't really need to go. I'm good right here. I don't really need to read my Bible today. I don't need to pray. I don't have to go and worship. Where is your appetite for the things of God? The second part of this beatitude, get this, it speaks not only of a driving pursuit, it speaks of a divine pursuit. Because he says you've got a hunger and thirst for righteousness. So you've got this strong ambition and this strong desire. Ambitions and desires in and of themselves are okay. God was the one who put those in us. But it depends on where those ambitions are placed and where those desires are focused. This beatitude proclaims that if you want to be truly happy and blessed on this earth, that you must hunger and thirst for righteousness. Now, I want you to write this down. You already know this, but write it down. It's possible to, and probably likely for most of us, to strongly desire the wrong things. We have these ambitions in us, these desires, that most times are focused on the wrong things. And I got all kinds of illustrations. I'm going to tell you about this guy. You might have heard of him. His name is Lucifer. 
Everybody say Lucifer. You know who that is, don't you? That's the devil. And have you ever read where the devil came from in the Bible? How, how, he, how he became the devil? Because at one time, he was up in the heavens, and he was an angel. Now, you all know there's good angels. He was one of the good angels. God had created him. And the angels are at God's beckon. They're to do whatever God calls them to do because they, they, they do all kinds of things. But one of the things, when God sends them on a mission, they got to go do what God tells them to do. And the angels were all up there in heaven. But Lucifer, he came up with his own set of ideas of what he wanted to do. And the Bible says, I'm going to read it to you. They'll be on the screen in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 13. Lucifer, he said in his heart, here's what he said. I will ascend to heaven and I will raise my throne above the stars of God. And I will sit enthroned on the Mount of Assembly and on the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. Verse 14, I will ascend above the tops of the clouds and I will make myself like the Most High. His ambition was to be like God. He was hungry. Or should I say, he was power hungry. He had this resolute ambition This consuming passion, but it was for power. He wanted to be as great as God. And what did God say in verse 15? Oh, you will be brought down to the grave, to the depths of the pit. And God is saying, because of your wrong ambition, I'm going to take you to your grave. And then there was this guy named Nebuchadnezzar. Who was Nebuchadnezzar? He was the king of Babylon. What is Babylon? Babylon at the time was the greatest empire the world had ever known up to that point. And he's the king. And he had a strong desire. He had strong ambitions. And Nebuchadnezzar tells us of his desire as a king in Babylon. He said these words in Daniel 4 verse 30. He said, is not this the great Babylon that I have built as the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty. You see, Lucifer was power hungry. Nebuchadnezzar was praise hungry. He was so hungry, he praised himself. And and, and God reacted just like he reacted with Lucifer. In verse 31, it says the words were still on his lips. What words? He was saying, as he was saying, I did all this for the glory of my majesty. While the words were still on his lips, when a voice came from heaven and said, this is what is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken away from you. You will be driven away from people. You will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like cattle. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone He wishes. Wow. Then you have, you say, well, that's Lucifer and that's King Nebuchadnezzar. I can't relate to those guys. Well, can you relate to the farmer over in Luke chapter 12? He had become rich. And Jesus told this parable, the ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. 
And the rich man thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and I... I got this idea, I'm going to build some bigger barns, and there I will store all of my grain and all of my goods, and then I'm going to say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many, many years. Why don't you just take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry? But God said to him, you fool, this very night, your life will be demanded from you, and then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? You see, this man was not power hungry. He was not praise hungry. He was possession hungry. He was pleasure hungry. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. This is not rocket science. There is nothing wrong with having passions and drives and ambitions. God put those abilities within you. But beatitude number four, kingdom principle number four, isn't blessed are those who hunger and thirst for pleasure. It isn't blessed are those who hunger and thirst for wealth or for recognition. It isn't blessed are those who hunger and thirst for power. No kingdom principle number four says that true blessing comes when you pursue, when you hunger, when you thirst for righteousness, for the things of God. Oh, there are many passages in the Bible, not just the Beatitudes that reveal to us, write this down, that there should be this desire in us to desire godly things. It should be there. And all you have to do is look at the last seven days of your life since you were here last week. What did you do from last Sunday till this Sunday? Where? What, what, what consumes you? What, what motivated you? What was it that activated you? Where did most of your time go? What did you spend most of your energies on the last seven days? The psalmist said in Psalm 42, as the deer pants for streams, of water so my soul pants for you my soul thirst and it's a word that means continually it's not something well i'm gonna desire god today but i'm not gonna do it the rest of these days no it says that my soul thirsts continually for god for the living god where can i go and meet with god psalm chapter 63 he said oh god oh god you are my God. Not, not Hollywood, you're my God. Money, you're my God. Pleasure, you're my God. Applause, you're my God. No, he says, oh God, you are my God. And oh God, you are my God. Earnestly, 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 I seek you. My soul, my soul thirsts for you. My, my body, this body longs. To be famous on TikTok. Mm -mm. He said, my body longs for you. In this dry and weary land where there is no water. And I have to point this out. This is truth magnified. This is truth personified. I want you to write this down and understand that we're seeking not your righteousness. We're seeking God's righteousness. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. 
We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.